Take a deep breath, take the higher road That's what they always say, as if they know the way They won't take it from me But don't ever doubt yourself, it's life ain't just a dream You make your own, so kick and scream The people will like with a never-ending force You never had the chance, so what you waiting for? The day has come, my friend, cause this is war At their core, grassroots movements are driven by people who are not afraid to challenge the status quo. They bring together individuals united by a common cause and a shared vision for a better future. These movements are designed to give power back to the people, reminding us that our voices matter and that we have the ability to shape our own destiny. You're listening to Nurses Out Loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. I'm your host, Nurse Kimberly Overton. Before we get started today, I do want to encourage our listeners, if you have questions or comments, or perhaps you want to share your own experiences with what you're seeing on the front lines of healthcare, you can submit those to any of the hosts by emailing us directly at nurses at americaoutloud.com. We would love to hear from you. We encourage all of you to engage in the battle and find your voice in this fight. But until you are able to do that, we will continue to be that voice for you. Joining me today is Kurt Riley. He is the founder and president of the Tennessee Constitutional Republicans, whose mission is to recruit, train, and help God-fearing constitutional Republicans build patriot groups in every county in Tennessee. Kurt works as a cybersecurity expert, but his real passion and love is taking our country back from tyrannical governments. He lives outside of Nashville, Tennessee with his wife and his three children. I happen to know Kurt Riley personally, and I will say that Kurt does not get enough credit for all of the hard work and the commitment that he puts into what he is building with the Tennessee Constitutional Republicans. You know, honestly, he doesn't ever want to take any credit. He loves what he does. He's damn good at it. I was very honored to serve with him for several years as vice chair, working closely with him to ensure that God-fearing constitutional conservatives were elected to represent us in Sumner County, Tennessee. And back in 2020, this small group of radical fringe Republicans, as we were referred as, we brought much needed change to the city of Hendersonville, Tennessee, when our endorsed candidates won five out of six city races. Now fast forward to 2022, and we brought even more change when 18 of our 25 endorsed candidates won their primary race across the county commission and school board. All of this was due in large part to the dedication and leadership of Kurt Riley, who I am blessed to be able to call a friend. Kurt, welcome. Thanks for joining me today. Wow. Thank you, Kimberly. Uh, that's quite the introduction. And uh, um our friendship has been amazing. I've I've loved working with you over the years. You're an amazing human. You do so much. So it's not always it's not about me. You know I hate that. So I and uh, I loved I love when it's about others because I think serving others is what we're called to do. And I'm happy to help where I can. 
Amen. And, and, you know, I say that all the time, you know, you don't ever want to take any credit, but it is so well deserved, you know, the leadership that you have shown over these last several years has um, made such an impact at the local level um, in Sumner County, Tennessee. So that really can't be uh, overstated. But, you know, you're clearly you're passionate about your mission with with uh, the Tennessee Constitutional Republicans and with the Sumner County Constitutional Republicans. But tell me, how did you get started in all of this? And what is it that just drives your dedication to this cause? Yeah, uh, you know, five years ago, a group of us got together and kind of talked about how can we really institute change, you know, here in Sumner County. We weren't happy with our elected officials. You know, many of us had had conversations and meetings with elected officials dealing with, you know, just regular everyday, you know, problems that, you know, people have, whether it's drainage issues or street lights or parking or roads, schools, there's so many things that affect you locally and daily. And you reach out to your elected officials and you don't really seem to get anywhere. They don't really seem like they're working for you. And I think we realized it took a while, uh, about 10 years of kind of fighting for what we wanted because they represent us and we weren't seeing representation and it seemed like it would go in one ear and out the other. And, you know, they sort of kind of did their own thing. And you you, you sort of realize over time as you investigate and, and walk through this in your life that these individuals and a lot of elected officials, and I'm not picking on them all, but a lot of elective officials, believe it or not, they're, they're self-serving. They're going to do what's best for them, not for you. And I think many of us realize that and um you know we wanted to institute change and we came together as a group um started with eight of us and decided that we were going to create this this little group and start initiating change and that's what we did kimberly you know yeah and i think i got involved somewhere i want to say it was around 2020 maybe 2019 yeah that sounds about right yeah i got involved and it was it was you know continuing to grow from what you had started Uh, and it had grown to a fair size by the time i joined but you know over the next two years uh, up until today the growth has been exponential that that you've seen as far as you know attendance meetings and what do you think is the driving force of getting all of these people like what has do you think it's just that, you know, the well, that's a great, bad? great question. Uh, you know, what I figured out was that there are tons of Kurtz and Kimberly's all over this county in this great state that have had enough. I always tell people the number one thing I've heard in the last five years, the number one statement is people say, I'm sick of it. Right. And it pertains to government, right? Government not listening, government not working. So I I really realized that there was a lot of angry people that wanted more than what they were receiving. So I figured all we had to do, Kimberly, was kind of organize and tell people what we were going to do and, and what our plans were to change, which is, you know, to recruit these candidates and recruit everyday Americans, you know, a lot of people, Tennesseans that that really don't want to be involved in government. They don't want to run. They think they're not smart enough or 
you know, they just think they can't do it. And a lot of them just need convincing that, hey, you are good enough. You are smart enough. And we wanted to put an organization behind them to say, we're here to help you. And I think, you know, that's been kind of the main driver in getting people to say, you know what, these people will help me. And they realize that they've got a community of people that you know, are like them and believe what they believe. And it's like, they realize, well, it's not just me. And not only is it not just me, there's a lot of people that believe and feel the way I do. So in, in, you know, I take, don't want to take credit, but really it's just organizing the anger and getting people together has just been really the launching pad. Right. And I think a lot of people, Kurt, well, a lot of people are involved well, not, I won't say involved, but they pay attention to politics, right, at the national level. But so many don't focus on the local level. And really, that's where it matters. That is where we affect real change. Wouldn't you agree that it's at the local level, yeah, it, not so much the national? Absolutely, Kimberly. You know, you know, it doesn't matter who's in office. You know, the, the, the guy, the gal, they can't eat a sandwich without you hearing about it. And um, everybody's watching them, but who's watching our backyard, right? Who's watching our commission and our council and our school board? Who's watching those? A lot of people are not. So yeah, we we have you know brought awareness to local government and what they're doing, and people are starting to realize like, wow, local government affects me so much, and I don't even pay attention. Exactly. And I was guilty of that for a lot of years as well. I always, I've always been pretty um, involved at the national level, but it wasn't until probably, I would say, three or four years ago that I started to pay attention at more of a local level. And it's been very eye-opening, uh, to say the least. And, and it's been incredible to really take part and affect real change. That has been the, the most amazing part for me is to see the fruits of our labors. Um, because we have we've we put a lot of work into 2020. Let's talk about yeah. the election of 2020 in Hendersonville, Tennessee. Um, that was an amazing time. And we talked a little bit earlier about how, you know, you, we were, you know, looking to our elected officials and nothing was happening. But it's not only that nothing is happening and that they're not doing anything. Uh, sometimes there is a lot of corruption that's going on from these local politicians. Um, but we had an amazing election in 2020. We had, uh, what was it, a mayoral race, um, the alderman. Yep. I'm yep. trying to remember. Yeah, um, may, may, mayor and alderman races in Hendersonville was kind of a that second big step for our organization, testing yeah. out this, this yeah. social experiment. And nobody thought that we were going to make a difference. And we went on to win five out of six of those races. Yeah. Upsetting the entire board. Let's talk a little bit to me about that election. Yeah. I mean, you know, we first started, we kind of had one candidate in this first round, which was, which was commissioner Jeremy Mansfield. And we got him to, to run and win and get on the County commission. And then kind of the second part of this was to focus on <clears throat> Hendersonville city alderman races. Yeah. And during that time, you know, it's, you know, elections are a battle, they're a war and you, you have to get your message out. And we were kind of just, you know, a growing organization and we had a message like we were God fearing constitutional conservative Republicans that, you know, our mission is to 
remember and never forget that we work for the citizens and so many politicians are self-serving. And what a lot of people don't know about local governments is there's a lot of cronyism that goes on. There's a lot of corruption related to uh, development's a big one, right? There's a lot of developers and and people that want to build things and get things passed that, that may not be popular within the cities. So these, these developers will oftentimes get their people and get them to run and put on the board so that when they want to, you know, put a 600 apartment home or a 600 unit apartment complex in your backyard and you don't want it, they, they need to make sure that they have the votes. So that's the kind of stuff that they do. And, you know, our, our candidates cannot be involved with special interest groups. They can't be developers. They can't have relationships with developers. So those are some of the ways that we kind of, you know, use to stop cronyism and corruption in local government. And all of those candidates are vetted that are coming through your organization, correct? Everybody is vetted and, uh, you know, looking for any types of conflicts, any type of special interest groups that they might be involved in. And and we're, you know, making sure that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Kimberly, what, as you know, what we do and what your listeners may not know is what, what the real power of what we do is we, we have a nine panel uh, vetting committee. These are made up of, you know, staunch Republican conservative, you know, members of the community. They, you know, they don't have ties to developers, right? They, they're not part of any special interest groups. And their goal is to make sure that the candidates that are running are who they say they are. You know, a lot of times, Kimberly, and I say this often, and, you know, most people won't buy a toaster without reading 300 Amazon reviews, right? But if you think about how elections work, you have people that get to set up a website to tell you how awesome they are. They get to do podcasts to tell you how awesome they are. They get to send mail to your mailbox or your, whether it's digital mail or physical mail, telling you how awesome they are. But who's the third party reviewer? You as a candidate or you as a citizen are going out trying to research these people. And the problem a lot of times is all the content you're finding is content that they want you to find about how awesome they are. So what we wanted to do is institute, you know, a process and procedure that could really get into the lives of these people, really dig deep, right? Are they who they really say they are? And it's been amazingly effective, um, that process for two reasons. Number one, we get into people's lives. And number two, it's a deterrent. You know, if you're a candidate and you know that we're going to go through this process and you, you've, you know, you've got some bad things in your background or you're doing shady stuff, you know, we're going to find that. So there's a good chance you probably won't even want to be involved in our organization or even get endorsed by us because you know that passing that background check and that vetting process is, is extremely difficult. And we, you know, I think that's what citizens love about what we do is they know that we're seriously doing our homework. And I cannot stress enough how serious this committee takes their processes and procedures and what they do. I mean, this is this is a serious thing because, you know, running local government and running our lives, you know, with our representatives, we want to make, sh- you know, sure we got the right people, Kimberly. 
Oh yes, because we we know you know what when we get stuck with them, uh, we we know that what a battle it is to try to uh, get rid of them because once they're in there, it's very difficult um, to get that incumbent out. So that uh, it's so important to get it on the front end, and I think what's really interesting and I, and another thing that I really love about what you're doing and what this organization is doing is that it is educating and informing the populace because i think one of the things that we learned um during the election of 2020 um, myself and our mutual friends tim jones who actually was now commissioner tim jones that's right um, yeah. yeah so one thing that tim and i working together uh, at the polls we learned that people really didn't have an understanding of what an alderman is what an alderman does or who their representatives even were most of them didn't even know what ward they lived in. So what we're dealing with is we're dealing with um, a large populace that is, they're largely uninformed and they just vote maybe based on um, name recognition or you know whose, whose face did they see the most, whose name, whose signs did they see, um, that sort of thing. And, and that's a real problem. That is how we end up with so many of these corrupt individuals because people are going into the polls uninformed and they don't uh, they don't know you know what their choices are or or you know what the values of that person is so that so tim and i really quickly figured that out and what we started doing we started um this strategy of letting people know um you know who we would tell we had signs that said uh, you know do you know who your alderman is you know come ask me and then we would start talking to them we would have conversations with them and we would tell them okay if you're conservative and and these are um the values that you hold these are the constitutional conservative candidates that are on um on the ballot today and you know we were very honest with people and we said you know if you vote the other way and you're looking for that these these are probably not the ones for you and we let them know who would be a good choice for their values um because i don't think you know it's about being honest with people and respecting their choice at the end of the day whoever they pull the lever for that's their choice and it might be the you know somebody we don't want but at the end of the day it's about making an informed decision um and and that doesn't look the same for everybody, right? But I think that that was a really great strategy. And I love the fact that your, your organization is now offering so much education. People are really starting to have a better understanding of what an alderman is, what they do. Um, so thank you for that. Thank you for, for providing so much education. And do you have plans moving forward to start doing maybe some workshops or doing some more community outreach to make sure that people are in uh, an informed electorate? Well, you know, Kimberly, we're always working on all kinds of stuff. It's It's been a whirlwind of things going on. But yeah, in these, these non-election years, you know, we focus more on the educating right a government but as we get into election year which is kind of where getting ready to have elections here in tennessee in march so we're in the middle right now of focusing on finding those candidates getting them vetted through the vetting committee and then kind of figuring out what our you know caucus looks like and then you know focusing on on helping candidates our organization, the, the Sumner County Constitutional Republican Chapter, does not collect money, right? We kept petty cash for donuts, coffees, and stuff like that. So we don't have a bank account. And we don't, you know, if you want to give money to the organization, we tell you, go give it to candidates that are running for school board or commissioner or alderman. 
And I think that's important because they're the ones that really need the money, not us. We're here to replace those butts and those seats. So right now, Kimberly, that's what we're focusing on going into this next year. Um, calling candidates. I just called a candidate this morning. I got word that he passed our vetting committee process unanimously. We talked about him as a board um, made a determination to endorse him. And, you know, so I, you know, called him this morning and told him what was going on and that we were looking forward to his race and helping him. So that's, that's kind of what's going on. And then, you know, other things that we're doing is we've, we've formed this parent company, basically the Tennessee constitutional Republicans, which is kind of, uh, you know, a parent over the chapters because so many people have reached out to us and said, help us in all these counties. So I'm, I'm learning all these counties, Giles County, Dixon County, Jefferson County, Williamson County, Murray County, Lawrence County, right? Madison County, Robertson County, the list goes on and on of these counties saying, Hey, we heard what you're doing up there and we want to do exactly what you did in our county so we're trying with limited funds and limited time to do our best to help other chapters fire up in these counties so that they can basically replicate what we've done here in Sumner so that's kind of what's going on right now and it's exciting times and we're looking forward to see how this thing turns out yeah, it's it's been amazing to watch, like I said, the growth that um, that you have seen over the last three years, and it's so encouraging. And I think that people, you know, that that know that they would like to run, but they don't understand, you know, maybe how all of this works. You are such a great resource to them because you are going to walk them through everything, you know, maybe how to get a bank account, how to, you know, how to do take all the steps for, you know, filing the necessary paperwork. Is that something that you guys help with? Correct? Absolutely. We'll we'll take a candidate and we'll say they'll say, Kurt, I don't I have no idea what I'm getting into. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll we'll literally sit down for hours and walk them through. Here's what you're going to do on. Here's what day one looks like. And here's what day 400 looks like. And we walk them through each step, not only from you know, pulling paperwork, you know, to get started to, hey, how do I run a campaign? Where do I get a sign? You know, um, do I have to do a website? You know, they have a lot of questions. And what's awesome about what we do is we try to be like, you know, the resource for them that, you know, answers those questions and, you know, helps them get from point A to point B and get elected. Yeah, and you've had amazing, amazing success. So like I was telling uh, the listeners in the intro, we had that great success in 2020 with five out of six, and then I believe it was 18 out of 25 in 2022, where we ended up flipping uh, the county commission and the school board. Now the school board, let's talk about the school board in Sumner County, Tennessee. Sure. Well, you know, in the last five years, in theory or in in practice, we have run 41 candidates, 31 of them have won, but we also had two of those candidates, one of them tied and was ultimately appointed by the county commission. So that takes us really to 32. And then we unfortunately had a school board member die and we had one of our SCCR endorsed people uh, appointed to that seat. So now you're looking at, at 33. So we're 33 out of 41 in the last five years. Wow. Amazing. Which has been really amazing. But, you know, the school board, unfortunately, school boards around the country are just they're filled full of 
people that do not represent in most cases their constituents and we find that all over you know here in Sumner County it's no different I mean we can go up there and pound the podium and send our emails and talk to them about what we want you know things like you know for example one of the big problems we're facing here in Sumner County is there's a lot of vulgar books in the libraries and you would think that some of these books which nobody wants read aloud in a, in a in a school board meeting or a commission meeting in which we've done you go up there with these you know seventh grade library books and you start reading the content of these books and you look around the room and you want to talk about feeling uncomfortable a lot of people you know feel very uncomfortable and it's amazing that we can feel uncomfortable and want to close our eyes and plug our ears when a seventh grade book is read in a in a public meeting but we want to put them in a library and give them to our children to read and we have to fight to get these books removed kimberly uh it's it's amazing that there there is even a question but guess what there is Yo, there is there, and I it, it just it shocks me whenever I see parents, especially, um, fighting for the right for their children to have access to absolute filth. These books are disgusting. I've I've had to read them. I I mean they they've made me blush. I mean honestly, and I I, I cannot um, believe that this is what we all this is what we are exposing our children to. And yeah, it, I, it's no can, wonder these these kids are, you know, what what's going on. I was going to say Kimberly, you know, it's like if if you want your child to have the these kind of books, you know, they're relatively inexpensive if you want to buy one and mm-hmm. you know, or three or four and take them home to your children and and that's what you want your children to read. Mm-hmm. You know, but we don't want it publicly available to our children and other children that parents don't know. They don't know what their kids have access to. They don't always know what their kids reading. Right. And it's we as as activists and school board members have to be the eyes and ears a lot of times for parents because they've elected us or trusted us or, you know, they know we know what's going on and, and we need to be kind of the watchdog for that. And we've done that. And to find some of these radical people fighting to keep the most vulgar books in the school has just been mind boggling. It really has. And I know we've got some, some new school board members. We've got um, uh, Stephen King. Alan Lancaster, Josh Graham, uh, who have really been fighting, you know, to remove these books from our libraries to protect our children. And they have had so much pushback from other school board members and from just radical members in the community. Like you said, yeah. just want to keep these going. Well, I, I just can't understand it. And Kimberly, I'm traveling around the state and it's interesting to have people walk up to me and be like, you know, we've got a real problem with our school board and, you know, and I'm like, oh, really? What, what's going on? Well, we've got these books and and I hear the same things repeated from county to county throughout Tennessee. You know, th- this is Tennessee. This is a red conservative Republican state. And to travel around this state and hear other counties saying we got problems with our school board not removing these vulgars and vulgar and inappropriate books is absolutely unbelievable to me. So, yeah. 
Well, and, you know, Tennessee was always a very red conservative state, but, you know, it's, it's becoming um, kind of a melting pot of people, a lot of transplants. I mean, I myself, you yourself, are we are transplants to Tennessee. Um, I'm from, you know, born and raised in Boston, Massachusetts. You came down from uh, Michigan. And we have a great number of people that have moved here from California. I will say this, we have a lot of, um, some of the, the biggest patriots and the most dedicated fighters are our patriots from California, believe it or not. Wouldn't you agree? V listen, very true. I meet so many what we call refugees from California that have come here for uh, a better state that has better policies. Unfortunately for them, when they get here, they go, I knew Tennessee was conservative and red, but I thought it was better than it was. And they they realized that while we're better than California in terms of policies and principles and values, for sure, by a mile, we still have a lot of work to do and a way to go. And and, and they realize that, but they've, they've been a welcomed uh, addition to the state of Tennessee, for, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. We, we have some really amazing, uh, Joanna Daniels is uh, from California. Um, and she is, I'm actually going to have her on the show as well to do something on grassroots movements, but she's been absolutely phenomenal. And one of the, the most amazing and strongest patriots that I know, um, coming from that. And I think it's when you are forced to live under that type of regime for so long, uh, you become quite the warrior for change. Yeah. I think many of them have, you know, they come here and they go, I've seen this before, I saw it 25 years ago in California and I know how this ends. Yeah. We, you know, I moved here to escape that, not embrace it. So they have been extremely active. Like you said, Joanna's jumped in feet first and, you know, her attitude is you're not going to California, my Tennessee. Mm -hmm. And uh, they've been great patriots standing up and, and really working hard to make sure that we don't become the next California. Well, exactly. I mean, I moved here 20 years ago, again, from Boston, um, very, very, as you know, Massachusetts, very liberal state. Um, and I started, I, I came down here in 2004. And I really fell in love with the small town charm of Hendersonville, Tennessee. And over the years, it started to lose a little bit of that it started to we started developing more and more and it started to to kind of lose that feeling for me traffic started to become an issue and you know quality of life starts to become an issue and it just you know you see the writing on the wall you see where all of this is going to end up and it's like where do we go from here like once this is gone where do i go it's happening everywhere across this country so it's really important that we step up and say no more yeah, for sure, Kimberly. We've got to have people stand up, standing in the gap like you, and we ha we've just got to recruit more and more people because if we don't get a handle on this and we don't stand up and we don't be the, the, the vessel for change, who's going to do it? Who's going to do it? Exactly. It's not going to take care of itself, Camille. You know that we have to we have to continue to recruit. And your listeners that are listening, you know, find out you know in your community what's important to you and get involved. Right? Um, if it's local politics, uh, everybody should have some level of involvement in local politics because if you live in this country, you're going to have local politics and local issues, and you need to to get involved in those things. And 
like other other things, there's there's tons of work to be done. And just just find your niche and get involved. Absolutely. America Out Loud Talk Radio plays on the iHeartRadio network. You can also listen on our media player from any web browser anywhere in the world. We have the best in-class apps available on Apple, Android, or Alexa 24-7. Great talk radio. All of our shows go to podcast the following day. You can hear them on apps such as Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora, iHeart Podcast, and many more. Be sure to subscribe and rate the show on Apple Podcasts for me. Don't forget to check out our online store at americaoutloud.shop, where you can find all of the products that we represent on our network at a discounted rate, including a sea of redox, which I can personally speak to seeing fantastic results with, including better sleep, increased energy, improved mood, and a decrease in my joint pain. Use promo code OUTLOUD to save 15% off your purchase. I'll catch you on the other side of this break. Stay with us. It's time and This is Jody O'Malley with Nurses Out Loud. Did you know our body is made up of trillions of cells and inside each cell, redox signaling molecules are produced? These molecules hold a sacred place in chemistry because as we age, the vital communication of our immune system to keep our bodies free from harmful bacteria, viruses, and toxins become less efficient. For the first time ever, ASEA brings you the power of these molecules in a convenient and potent form to provide your body with the essential support it needs to thrive. Ever since I toured their facility, I take two ounces in the morning and evening and my vitality and energy has been restored at a time I needed it the most. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get your exclusive 15% discount by using the code OUTLOUD. For 25 years, Global Healing has proudly produced the highest quality supplements and cleansing programs that are rooted in nature and backed by science. Get 15% off all of our products using code OUTLOUD. Global Healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. Trouble concentrating or recalling information is frustrating, embarrassing, and kills productivity. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created Focus and Recall to boost your brain power. And unlike other supplements that don't work, Focus and Recall is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients to help you immediately sharpen focus and strengthen recall. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. Out loud. Welcome back to Nurses Out Loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. I'm your host, Nurse Kimberly Overton. Wherever you're listening from today and whatever you're doing, I thank you for giving me the gift of your time. Be sure to make AmericaOutloud.news your daily stop for all the latest news and happenings. We all must do our part and share the stories, the articles, the podcasts, and videos so we can help secure America's future. If you're just joining us, I have been talking with Kurt Riley, who is the founder and president of Tennessee Constitutional Republicans. Kurt, thank you so much again for being here with me today. Thank you, Kimberly. I've enjoyed it. Absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about, you know, the the world is going crazy again. You know, back in 2020, the world's pretty much lost its collective mind, as you remember, with uh, when COVID uh, was ushered in. And it looks like, and there's a lot of talk uh, that there's all of these new, you know, mutated variation, variants coming in and all of, there's been rumors swirling about 
uh, potential for lockdowns again and mandates. What are you doing at the local level? Because this is this is important at the local level. What are you guys doing to make sure that this doesn't happen again, that we do not go back to 2020 when we're, you know, sh- shutting down businesses, we're locking ourselves in our homes. Um, what are, what are you doing to make sure that this doesn't happen again in your, your area? Yeah, I can tell you for sure. You know, after, t- after 2020 with force masking and lockdowns and jabs and all of that stuff, I think everybody's keenly aware now of, uh, what's, what's real and what's not real, what makes sense and what doesn't make sense and i can tell you for sure you know our our members and our citizens here in in sumner county are not going to put up with shutting people's businesses down and 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 forcing people to wear masks and putting extreme pressure on people to get vaccinated that don't want to get vaccinated uh i think i think the awareness kimberly is so much greater now you know that i that i i don't think that people are going to stand for that you know that first time around it's tough you know I would say 25% of our members were vaccinated. <clears throat> they made that choice. Yeah. But I would say probably at least 80 or 90% of those people that were vaccinated wish they did not get vaccinated. Yeah. Right. So, so that fear at that time was a real driving force. I don't think we're going to see that this time around like we did in 2020, but I think we're still going to have people pushing masks, vaccinations, you know, ivermectin is horse horse, you know, hoax and all that. We're we're going to still have that, but I don't think we're going to have it at the level that we had and because people are just ready to fight. I mean, if you come at people now with this mask and tell them they're taking horse dewormer, it it's not going to go well for you. So right. I I don't think you want to you want to go down that road. So to really answer your question, I think we'll have some trouble um, with with some 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 political issues with the masking, the vaccine stuff. But I don't think it'll be like it was in 2020. Yeah. And I think that a lot of can you speak a little bit about as far as what local sheriffs do you do you have knowledge about that and what like a local sheriff might be able to do? Uh, well, I don't know that our local sheriff will do much of anything, to be honest. Our our, our sheriff, um, you know, he, he's not horrible. He, he's been really hands off on both sides. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's more of a kind of an avoidance sheriff he doesn't want to he doesn't want to do anything but he doesn't want to do anything you know on either side he just he just tries to play the middle so but i think here in tennessee you know a good strong sheriff can step up and really protect the citizens rights if if they really wanted to but ours don't seem to really want to do that Right. Which is a shame because, you know, people just don't realize. And I think that it's so important for people to understand, you know, I I say this all the time as far as like the nurses, as nurses, we could have stopped this entire absurdity three years ago if we had just stood up the moment that they told us our patients couldn't have an advocate at their side if the nurses had stood together and said no more if even half of the nurses had stood together and said no more we would have crippled the industry and they would have had no choice but to drop the mandate um so we see things happening across these different industries um we see things happening with uh, the the airline industry um, where they're talking about starting up mask mandates again on the airlines. And 
it's going to take, you know, they have a, a group of like US Freedom Flyers, what they're doing with their group of pilots, but it's going to take all of us across all of these different um, industries to come together. This fight is too big, right, Kurt? It is too big for anyone individual organization we all have to stand together and people need to realize that the the power we have the numbers to right the ship right but people lack the courage and so it needs people like us standing up standing in the gap and inspiring courage and others to say you know it's okay to stand up and say no because mass non-compliance is the only way forward it's the only way yeah and kimberly just since i got you on the podcast help us understand as our community we've got this new variant coming like we we aren't the experts right like when the media spins us up and this variant comes like kimberly what what is your advice to our members on what we should be doing over the next you know few months well there's i'll tell you that there's no end in sight to you know what they will try as a means to control the populace right i t- my my first advice is to turn off the damn tv turn off the tv right the media the media is ridiculous i haven't watched the news i can't even tell you i can't even keep up with the news cycle to do my shows because i refuse to watch it i'm like i can't, can't do the the news cycle um so the, that would be my first advice turn off the news except for america out loud talk radio <laughs> particularly nurses out loud, keep that one on. But I mean, your mainstream media sources, turn it off. It's garbage, okay? It's absolute garbage. The second thing I would say is be prepared because they are going to come at us. Again, they're coming at us from every angle, whether it be the the food we eat, the the water we drink, the air that we breathe. What is gonna be important is is continual detoxification, right? Because even if, you know, we've seen so many, so much death, devastation and injury uh, with the COVID jabs, right? But the transmission is, we see a lot of exosomal transmission, we see a lot of shedding is a real thing. So even if you're not vaccinated, you could still be at risk for these different, uh, different issues that we're seeing crop up. So what is going to be of the utmost importance is going to be um, keeping constant detoxification and regular detoxification to combat everything that they are throwing at us. And that's something we can work with uh, people at Remnant Nursing. We we do guide people through that process. We have all of uh, the supplements uh, that are needed. We have the ivermectin uh, and we always encourage people to keep ivermectin on hand if, if it's needed and we are able to provide that service so we can ship that globally. So remnantnursing.org for a little shameless plug there <laughs> for for us, but we can help. Um, I would uh, recommend staying away from the hospital at all costs. Unfortunately, hospitals became killing fields during the pandemic, um, which is, you know, why I ended up ultimately leaving the bedside. So stay away from the hospitals, Um, get yourself treated early, get yourself a nurse, get yourself an advocate. Everybody needs an advocate. If you're not educated and informed, you know, get a nurse uh, or a medical professional that can help you to navigate the space that is so crucial and important. Um, another thing that I would say, again, get that ivermectin and keep it on hand. Um, but don't live in fear. You know, this is a big, this is where the, this is the space that they want us all in. They want us all living in a spirit of fear. And, and this is not where or how we're meant to live. 
right? We are called yeah. upon to be to be brave, to be bold in this space. So come together, stand up, and say no more. This is a highly treatable illness. COVID didn't kill millions of people between 2020 and 2021, but the complete and total medical mismanagement of COVID did systematically murder millions of people. So I think it's important to remember that, to never forget what they've done and to start building anew. Yeah. We can't keep begging for change. It's not coming. We can't keep begging for change at the feet of this broken and corrupt system. We've got to start building anew, moving forward. And this is across all facets of society, not just the healthcare system, but our educational system, our financial system, all of it. Look at the education. And we talked a little bit about the school board, but look at the educational system um, with the CRT that they're pushing and all of these things. They are completely indoctrinating children. That's for sure. I wouldn't, I wouldn't send my child to a public school for anything in this world. I think that we need to come together and start looking at other options. Now, not every parent can homeschool, I get that, but we can come together as a community. We can find, you know, let's take it back to these one room schoolhouses. Let's, you know, pool our resources, get that amazing teacher that's like-minded, that's going to focus on reading, writing, arithmetic, and leave the the values, other than, you know, the golden rule, leave the values to the families um, and let them actually teach our children. You can pool your resources as a community and you can pay the salary for a teacher that will actually um, do what you need them to do. And I think everybody moving forward needs to do these these types of things under a PMA, a private membership association. To me, that's the only way forward. Would you agree? For sure. I mean, homeschooling has gotten so popular. I was at a education meeting last night and and moms were just talking, you know, they they might not be able to homeschool, but they want to. And I think we're seeing such an increase in people wanting to homeschool. Why? Why is that? You know, we have public education. What's the problem? And I think we all know that public education is not what it used to be. And it's becoming indoctrination centers and, you know, all that all that comes with that. And I think if we don't change that, we're going to see a continued, you know, decline of public school enrollment. And they're going to find ways. Parents are going to find ways to educate their children outside of the public school system. I mean, they'd almost be better off not being educated at all to be honest. I mean, literally, I mean, I mean, we can teach our children how to read and write and all of that stuff. And that's great. But these other, you know, issues that they are pushing on these children, uh, the the confusion that they are pushing on these children to the point where I, I mean, I, we're about the same age, Kurt, I don't remember there being 57 genders and people not knowing if they were a boy or girl at all when I was growing up in school, I don't know, you know, what it was like for you in Michigan, but now, you know, nobody knows if they're a boy or a girl or what they want to be, or, you know, they they have these children so confused 
And it and it's just it's hard I, to watch. It is crazy. I had a mom walk up to me last night at this education meeting and and tell me, "Have you heard about these furries?" And I was like, "Yeah, I think so." Is that where they dress up in school? And she's like, "Well, it's more than that. They like literally put litter boxes out for kids, That's like sad. cat litter boxes in the school for these kids to to go to the bathroom in." And it's like, what? Crazy, Kimberly. I don't, I don't know what this world's coming to. Yeah, it's absolutely insanity. I say that's why I stop the world. I want to get off. Like, I can't. I don't know what's happening. Um, but it's become increasingly more difficult. And like we were talking about earlier, with all of the stuff that we went through in 2020, it's been an just the last three years have been so hard and so difficult for so many people. I don't think we would survive another, you know, 2020. Somebody's going to snap. That's for sure. I mean, you, you can't question the jab, right? Right. I'm supposed to accept, you know, kids defecating in litter boxes in the school bathroom. It's it's nuts. It's absolute insanity. And it's again, it's everywhere. You can't question any of it. And the moment you say anything, you're a homophobe, you're a bigot, and you're all of these things. I mean, it's just absolute insanity. In Tennessee, uh, at Vanderbilt, they were literally mutilating children. They were putting children on um, on the uh, um, these gender affirming protocols and do, uh, performing gender affir- affirming surgeries. Ugh babies right now i think tennessee and i've been i've been in texas hey i've been hanging out here in texas for a while so i haven't been as you know up to date as i need to be on what's going on back home but i believe um our representative william lamberth and johnny garrett are they working on some legislation that has blocked that yes they have passed legislation you can't do that you can't do that anymore which is great wonderful so so thankful uh to those representatives again johnny garrett and william lamberth out there in tennessee um, that are working hard every day to protect our children. That is so important, critically important, as we see more and more um, that there's just no end in sight to the damage that they will inflict on our children, our most vulnerable populations. And that's something I'm very, very passionate about. And you should be. I was just seeing the other day, and you know this better than I do. It's like all these young people are getting the jabs, and we're seeing, you know, so many more young people's dropping dead, you know, on on basketball courts and football fields, and the young ones, they're not. Then they don't really get sick. They don't die from COVID yet. They're getting the jabs, and now all of a sudden we're seeing all these cardiac arrests. Crazy. Yeah, and I've been saying that for two years, right? Like, so these children. They have a 99.9815% survival rate against COVID. Virtually zero children die from COVID. Yet we're going to introduce a, it's not even a vaccine. It does not meet the definition, but we'll introduce these untested jabs. I mean, in the absence of safety data, the children are at negligible risk. This should be criminal, period. I agree, Kimberly. It's it's crazy what's what's going on with our young people. It's it's tough to be a kid these days and have to put up with. You've got jabs. You've got you know they don't know if they're a boy, girl, or a, apparently an animal or a cat. You know, I read the other day that there was something on the internet where it said some somebody married a a building, and I was like, married a building? What yeah, in the this is, what this is, is where we are at in this in society? It is absolute absurdity. We're in just crazy town. Absolute crazy town. And COVID clown world is what I like to refer to it frequently. Um, And it was just like the the COVID just was, they were able to usher in just so much absurdity. 
Yeah. And, and it continues, but it's going to take those of us who have a little bit of common sense <laughs> left to stand up and really fight back because these children, they need our help. They do. They need they our do. help. And I've, I've got three children and I just, especially my daughter, I just, my daughter's youngest, she's 15. I'm just constantly thinking about her, worried about her just growing up in this world. It just, it's just scary. And it's just heartbreaking for me as a parent to worry about her education or physical safety. I mean, God, you got all this human trafficking is everywhere now. And there's so much these young kids have to worry about from jabs to COVID to human trafficking to, you know, just craziness. And it's just sad. It really is. And it's these children are not being able to enjoy, um, their their innocence in their childhood and and it's it's devastating to me but we talked a little bit about you know these children that are dying suddenly unfortunately but you know even those who are fortunate enough uh that they they don't we're not going to see the full ramifications of what they have done for decades because if we think about these uh young children who are getting the jab we're not going to know the impact that that's going to have on say fertility for maybe two more decades so that's scary. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think that the goal was population control. And I think um, that this is something we have to really, really be concerned about. And again, we're not going to see the ramifications for this for quite some time. Yeah. Let's, well, let's hope for the best and do what I do. Pray as much as you can for this country and for Amen. our people and our families. That's all we can do sometimes. Amen. You know, I think, and again, we're not meant to live in a spirit of fear, but we must remain vigilant and understand we can't sit with our heads buried in the sand any longer. We have got to stand up and stand together. The power lies with the people and it always has. It always has. The government, we can't sit here and wait for the government to tell us what to do. We tell the government what to do. And, you know, Civics 101, I think people don't understand how all of this works. So it really does kind of fall on us, organizations like yours, and, you know, people who are not afraid to stand in the gap to really educate and inform others on, um, you know, we can't defend what rights we don't understand or know. So it's so important that people understand, read the Constitution, um, understand it, and then you're better able to defend your rights when you when you know what they are. Yeah, and read read your state constitution. You'd yes. be surprised what's in your state constitution. Um, Article One, Section Twenty Three of the Tennessee State Constitution base, basically says that we are to instruct our representatives. Correct. We, the people, are to instruct in the way in which they should go and what they should do. And unfortunately, we've seen a lot of our elected officials, they don't they don't believe in that. I've even had them question me. I said, have you read Article 1, Section 23? It says that I'm to instruct you. You work for me. And they don't like that. No, they don't. You know? They don't. Not at all. Um, so. And, you know, some of them, they they. um they really gaslight people when they try to take a stand for themselves. Um, they try to make or call us like fringe or, you know, make other people think that we're all just some crazy little sect of um, unimportant uh, people, fringe Republicans we've been called. And so it's really, it's really sad to see. And I think that's why people get discouraged. But another thing that I love about what you're doing with um, the uh, SCCR and with uh the um, TCR is it's not just about 
elections, it's really you're building fellowship because it's not just uh, the meetings. You do a lot of social events, a lot of mix and mingles, and you really build a community. And, and that's been wonderful to see and to be a part of. Yeah, that's been really fun, you know, to get people together to just fellowship together. Yeah, we have a regular meeting where we kind of get serious and talk about the issues and what's going on. But we also have those the times where we're just friends. And a lot of people look at this group and they come to me and they say, Kurt, you know, this is like my family. These people, these people are my friends. They're my family. I love this group. I've had people say, if I ever got kicked out of this group, I think I would die. So it's so important uh, for people, I think, to have times to, you know, even through all the crap we have to deal with, you know, we still are living our lives. We still are humans. We, you know, we want to live. We want to do things that are fun. We want to have fun. And, you know, sometimes we lose sight of that because we've got a tyrannical government on all levels constantly fighting us and not leaving us alone. So, And that was one of the really unfortunate things about COVID. It was that it really isolated so many people. We saw so much division, you know, among our 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 work families, our blood families, our church families, we saw so much division. So to be able to come together in a group like this, to see that type of fellowship is something that's so necessary because we are not meant to go through life alone. You know, we're meant to help one another through. And I think that's so crucially important. And I love what you're doing. So tell my listeners, please, how can they uh, find you and find more information about your meetings, where you meet, all of that good stuff. And we'll be sure to include links to all of this in our show notes when this goes to podcast. Yeah, you can. So we have our Sumner County website. It's sccrtn.org, sccrtn.org. We are currently building out our e-commerce platform for our Tennessee Constitutional Republican website. We're going to sell merch to raise money uh, to do conservative activist stuff. We need money to do that uh, statewide. It's hard to do a lot of things in 95 ch- uh, counties around Tennessee with without any money. So we're trying to raise money. You're going to be raising money for that. So look for the Tennessee Constitutional Republican stuff. And then if you're you're from another state, you know, think about implementing what our recipe and what we're doing here and how we're taking over. And um, you can reach us through our website, through our Facebook. We're on Facebook. Ask us questions. We'll be happy to tell you what we do and how we do it. And we just, we just want to see people be able to take kind of our recipe, implement it and have success. So. Amen. Well, Kurt Riley, thank you so much for joining me today. I can only pray that what you have done and what you have built over there in Sumner County is going to be replicated in counties across this country. Kurt Riley, thank you so much. Thank you. And that's all the time that we have for today, friends. But remember, we are here on the air five days a week, Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern with a different nurse host daily. You can also catch the Encore at 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time please be sure to tune in and listen to myself and my amazing sister nurses. As we walk you through all of these hot topics, we will empower you with information and education. We will advocate and we will stand in the gap for you because we are nurses and this is what we do. I'm your host, Nurse Kimberly Overton, and you can find me here every Wednesday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern. Until next time, be safe, be well, and God bless. Tune in tomorrow at 10 a.m. Eastern as I hand off the baton to Nurse Michelle. We are in a war for truth. We are putting out a bounty on the real misinformation. 
and exposing the purveyors of propaganda. No topic is off limits as we shine our light and expose the darkness. It's time.